Welcome back to another episode of Lexi's Lounge, your home for mind, body, business, and marketing. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing you to Dr. Content, who is a naturopath here in Washington State. In this episode, we're talking about birth control, the side effects, and how it can change your life. Truly getting informed consent. This is a highly requested episode, so without further ado, let's get started. Hello, Dr. Content. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm so good. I'm so thankful that you're on this podcast today because we're talking about something that I got so, I don't think I've had more responses in my DMs on Instagram than ever from a piece of information that you told me that I told them. So I'm really excited to actually sit down with you and have a discussion about it and hopefully clear up any questions and maybe help people see a different side of birth control than they did previously. Um, so first, welcome to Lexi's Lounge. What are you drinking tonight? <laughs> Nothing exciting. I'm drinking just plain old water. Well, that sounds like something a doctor would do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drinking tea because I feel like you're about to spill some. Ah, maybe a little bit. I think it would be really good for you to let listeners know what the heck a naturopath even is. That's kind of a difficult question. So um, we're primary care doctors. So first and foremost, that is kind of what our training is. Um, how we kind of differ is we look for causes of disease and maybe treat things more naturally. I would say that for me personally, I know I call people like you can be on two ends. You can call it crazy and crazy in where you're like, you're all conventional medicine all the time. And then here's these people that are going to heal you with crystals and essential oils and whatever else. Right. I, I consider these both crazy and where I like to be and where a lot of my colleagues are is we blend the two. And so bringing on some diet, nutrition, some supplements, herbs, but also, you know, utilizing pharmaceuticals and imaging and other things when necessary so that we get the best patient outcome. And that's kind of in a nutshell, what a naturopath is, I guess the way I see it, it's like a, a whole body approach. It's not just, here's your symptoms. Here's something to get rid of your symptoms. It's like, okay, well, why are you having these symptoms? And from there, we're going to start from the root and then work out. So then you don't, you not only get rid of the root cause, but you also get rid of the symptoms as a effect of that. Yeah, I would agree mm -hmm, very much. I love it. So for those of you who don't know, Dr. Content diagnosed me with PCOS right before I got pregnant with my second son, Eli, and she was the only doctor who ever did. Even after seeing multiple, multiple, multiple dermatologists, like nobody could figure out that I had PCOS. It was always a suspicion because I've had cystic acne, unwanted hair growth. They did some tests, but nobody actually figured out what it was until you. Of course, right after she figured out I had PCOS, then I get pregnant, which is actually a miracle for people with PCOS. And we picked right back up after I gave birth. So I went to an appointment with her and I was like, well, should I get on birth control? Because I feel like my hormones are like out of whack and I'm just kind of done having cystic acne. But I was telling her that I had always had my reservations about birth control. There was just something about it that I was like, mm, this is, I don't know, it just doesn't sit right with me. So I asked her what she thought about birth control. And then I shared to my Instagram story what she told me and my DMs blew up. So Dr. Content, what's this, what's the freaking tea on birth control? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's probably a little bit of time ago, so I can't quite remember the exacts, but 
we can talk about what birth control does. Cause I don't think, you know, I'm a big person in informed consent. I don't think birth control is re- really given with informed consent. So people are like, yeah, just take it. You know, it doesn't do anything. And it actually has a lot of risks and a lot of side effects with it. So just starting from the top, it, it does deplete quite a few nutrients. I don't know if people know that, but it depletes your B vitamins. It depletes your selenium. It depletes, um, magnesium, you know, all these things that are really needed for, for function. And because of those depletions, your thyroid can start slowing down. Your adrenals can start going haywire. You can start developing leaky gut, you know, and those are just the nutrient deficiencies. That's not even talking about, you know, if you're on birth control over 10 years, your risk for cervical cancer doubles your risk for breast cancer is about 20% greater than somebody who's not on birth control. And as I was preparing, um, for a little talk, cause I just wanted to make sure I had all my facts, you know, right. But, um, I found that it also, here's a quite interesting thing is that it increases your insulin. So there is a thing called post birth control PCOS, because it increases your insulin, increases your testosterone. And so you may not have had it before you got on birth control, but now you can have it now. Right. Oh my God. That I've never heard of that before, but I'm sure that that's going to like rock some worlds because I shared the statistic about the cervical cancer and the breast cancer. And then I got countless messages, like dozens and dozens and dozens of messages from women saying that abnormal abnormal pap smears, cervical cancer cells, they had cysts that had to be removed. They had anxiety, depression, mood swings, their period stopped altogether. And the one of the things that shocked me a ton is that some of these women said that their doctors still push birth control on them even after they voiced their concerns about the side effects that they were having. So what is birth control even? Like what what's it meant to do? I feel like there's not like you said there's not a lot of informed consent like how can you educate us on what birth control actually is and what it's supposed to do? So let's start with like what a what your body does during, you know, the month without birth control. Cause I think that will help us understand what birth control does. So, um, you know, most female cycles, it, it is a range. So, um, we'll just take the average, right. But just because your average doesn't mean, you know, not, you're not 28 days doesn't mean you're abnormal. There's some variation, right. But we're going to take 28 days, 28 days. So on day one, that's when you start bleeding, right? That's when all your hormones are at the lowest. So your estrogen, your progesterone, and your testosterone are just extremely low. And that's why you're bleeding. Well, around day eight, your estrogen starts to climb. Um, and it's thickening the lining of that uterus. And then around day 10 to 12, your testosterone spikes, you know, your libido increases, you're getting ready for ovulation because, you know, our bodies want to reproduce. And so it's getting you in the mood. Um, and then after that point, our progesterone climbs. So we have all three climbing and the progesterone is meant to, um, be able to hold on to a pregnancy if there's a fertilized egg. Well, then around day 21, day 22 is when progesterone plummets. And then, you know, you're getting close to 28 and then day one, you bleed. And that's when your estrogen drops, your progesterone drops and your testosterone drops. That's a normal cycle. And that's how we bleed. What birth control does 
is it gives you synthetic hormones. It gives you progesterone and estrogen. If we're talking about the pill, the combo pill, right? So you're getting synthetic progesterone, you're getting synthetic estrogen and our body works in cycles. And so, you know, it's sensing all this stuff. Oh, it's getting low. Oh, we need to do this, right? It's an orchestra. And, um, you have the conductor, which is our brain who's orchestrating all the, the peaks and valleys of our hormones, but it also listens to the body. And so when we have high hormones, it's like, I don't need to produce any, right? So you get that negative feedback. And so what that does is it suppresses ovulation. It suppresses all of that. So you actually don't release an egg. Your uterus lining does not thicken. Um, it doesn't happen. And so actually periods you're not ovulating and that bleeding is not a real period. It's called a withdrawal period. So it's when you've automatically stopped the synthetic estrogen and stopped that synthetic progesterone and you bleed because your body didn't have that in it. Oh my gosh. That's just like mind blowing because I was kind of led to believe when I was in my teens, you know, you go to the doctor and they talk to you about birth control and different measures you can take to prevent pregnancy. And birth control was always just kind of like, this is normal. You should take it. You know, you're at that age now take birth control because you know, it's supposed to regulate your periods and do all this stuff, but really it's not doing that at all. So I feel like I've been lied to, and I would like to speak to somebody's manager. (laughs) That's just so crazy to me because so many people I've heard and talked to have said that they got on birth control because they had really heavy periods or they um, had irregular periods or they had all these plethora of symptoms. So would you say that a lot of doctors use birth control as more of like a symptom management drug? Yeah. So the statistics show that about 60% of the females on birth control are not actually on birth control to prevent birth. They're on symptomatic control. So either for irregular periods, for heavy bleeding and cramping, acne, um, endometriosis, you know, hormonal balance. And so only 40% of people are actually using it to control birth. Wow. Mm -hmm. So one thing that I thought was really interesting when somebody was responding in my DMs, they said that they thought having a really super heavy, super crampy, super painful period is normal, quote unquote, normal to us. Right. But is, is that normal or is a super crampy, heavy, painful period? Is that a sign of something underlying that just hasn't been diagnosed yet? So in my opinion, as a naturopathic physician, right. It says that there's something that hasn't been diagnosed, whether that's just estrogen dominance, um, lack of progesterone, you know, again, it's an orchestra. And if your orchestra is playing out of sync, or one's louder than the other, you're going to end up with some symptoms. For me, that demonstrates that there may be a hormonal imbalance um, that needs to be adjusted. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. And I know that you and I have talked through my personal medical journey, and there's so many different natural ways that you can go about regulating your hormones, including the things you eat. So that's super awesome to, to hear that there's like, there's a natural way to do it that doesn't require the ball and chain of drugs, pharmaceuticals for the rest of your life. Cause I know that's something that's always kind of scared me is like, I don't want to have to be at 25, be on pills for the rest of my life for, you know, hormones like what? (laughs) Well, here's another interesting tidbit that just came to my mind is 
you know, when I was in school, I, you know, I've been out for quite some time, <laughs> getting a little older over here, but <laughs> um, we were told never to prescribe birth control into somebody who is over 35 because the risk really you know, climb. And so now what I'm seeing in practice is it, it's pretty insane um, because your risks of heart attack, stroke, and so many other things significantly increase after 35. Now go back and think of all your friends or family members or people that you know that are over 35 that are still on birth control. And I've even recently been over the past couple of years, seen women in menopause that are being prescribed birth control to control their menopausal symptoms. When you say lifelong, people are literally on this their entire life. So do you think that doctors keep prescribing it as like a lack of education around it? Or do you do? Okay. I don't know if you can even say this, but do people get like kickbacks for recommending birth control from the companies? (laughs) I would. I'm like, why would people do that? (laughs) No, you don't. So Part of it, we have to remember when you go to a medical doctor, they are really wonderful and they do really great things, right? If you have an appendix rupture, oh my God, go see them, right? They do so many things so wonderful. So I don't want to discount them, but they have shortcomings. Just like if if you have your appendix rupture, don't come see me because that's my shortcoming, right? (laughs) We all have shortcomings and, um, and so hormones seems to be a big one of theirs. They don't, I've never met one that does them well, and it's not in their paradigm and it's not in their, in any of their education. And I don't know if they want to seek any more out, you know, so I don't see it as a negative thing. I don't think they're trying to do this. I think it's just a lack of education on their part. Yeah, that makes total sense. Cause I was like, how could somebody like in good conscience recommend birth control knowing the symptoms? But that's, that's kind of what I thought because my husband, he had ulcerative colitis in the past. Something I thought was interesting is it wasn't until we went to like a medical hospital where they actually teach people how to become doctors and they constantly have somebody watching over them and asking questions and looking at the literature and so on and so forth that he finally got the answers he needed because when he was going to that one clinic, I, I, the thought that crossed my mind, and I didn't even know if this was true or not, was that you know, they go to med school, they have a certain amount of credits that they have to keep up every year. So, but they don't have to dive into certain research. You know, it's not, I mean, it would be kind of ludicrous to say that any medical doctor or naturopath knows everything about everything. So that makes a lot of sense. So what are some things that people who have been on birth control for years and years and years, the lifelongers who are listening to this and they've had an inkling and they're like, I've, I've wanted to get off birth control, but this podcast is going to push them over the edge. What are some things that they can do to kind of take their health back and maybe even reduce certain risks of the effects that birth control have left for them. Yeah. Well, so I first want to state, um, just because I don't want to villainize birth control because at the same, you know, people do have side effects and they do have a lot of risks and sometimes having a baby may ruin somebody's life at that point. And so sometimes we need to have it, you know, the creation of birth control allowed a lot of women to climb the corporate ladders it allowed them to make a lot more money. If you look through the history, it has Mm -hmm. given women a lot of strength. So I don't want to villainize it, but I think we need better informed consent. So that's why we're doing this here. So I just want to make sure that's clear because if people are on birth control and they're listening to this, I don't want, and they're just like, 
I can't get pregnant. I, I don't even care. You know, I don't want to make them feel bad because we're all in different space. Yeah. Especially if they're not having any symptoms and they're, yeah. they're fine with it. So I just want to, I just want to throw that out there just in case, right? Yeah. Because, yeah. um, there are a lot of people that have a lot of issues with birth control and don't quite know the risks, right? We're all talking about just the informed consent. So claim your body back after birth control. It really depends on what it did to you. You know, when I was kind of listing some of the things and some of the risks, I mean, that was just like the tip of the iceberg, um, <laughs> and what it can do to your body. You know, we talked about your thyroid. It always has to start. If you want to get off birth control and you want to kind of reclaim your health, find somebody who's willing to work with you. Um, and the reason I say that is because we got to know what your thyroid's doing because the birth control, you know, slows down the thyroid. It increases what we call the thyroglobulins. So now all of a sudden the amount of active hormone floating around your body is really low. So you need to know what your levels are. Do you need a short-term, you know, thyroid medication? Can you get away with supplements? Um, you know, reevaluating those nutrient statuses, evaluating the, the adrenal gland, because when thyroid starts to tank, the adrenal does as well. You know, all these things are so inter interconnected, taking a look, how is your gut? Because if your body is a hot inflamed mess, you're going to feel like a disaster. Right. And so, um, you know, having somebody going through every single one, evaluating all your organs, evaluating your gut health, evaluating, um, the neurotransmitters, you know, you were saying you were having a lot of people with anxiety and depression. That is very common. They found that teens that were given birth control, all of a sudden their risk for suicide had increased double. It really influences our neurotransmitters and it does it via these nutrient deficiencies. What? Yes. It's just crazy that that can affect you like that when it's supposed to help. I mean, I'm sure it does help so many people, but for some people who have been feeling crazy since getting on birth control and maybe having these symptoms, I'm sure it's just a sigh of relief. It's like us, not yeah. You know, all those symptoms you're like, people were telling me they have this, they have this. It's like, yeah, yeah. Those all can be side effects. Yes, 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 yes. You know? And so it's just more difficult. I would just work with somebody to kind of reevaluate these so that you can kind of reclaim that health. Um, you know, risks, just stopping birth control. It decreases your risk every single year for that cervical cancer. So that's cool. Oh, and that one, you sorry. I'm, my brain is like a little rabbit. It likes to jump around. Um, when you said that person who had HPV, there are studies that are linking birth control to the amount of HPV that grows. Oh my God. Check, 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 check. It all makes sense. Right. And so working with somebody who's knowledgeable and just stopping, um, unfortunately, another one of the risks that we didn't mention is about 40% of women who come off birth control will have irregular periods afterwards. Or there is a thing called it's like period or birth control amenorrhea. And sometimes people's um, periods never come back. Whoa. 40%. That's that's crazy. Because I've heard, I mean, my thought process was the people who are on that birth control that like prevents you from having a period. I was like, I don't know if that's good for you, but it sounds like you're supposed to have that natural shedding every month. So the fact that like, after you get off birth control and that could be a side effect, that's kind of, that's like sad, you know, yeah. but I'm, I'm sure there's things you could do. Maybe is yeah. there anything so if we to- talk about, right. Okay. Go work with a doctor. Cause I think you'll have the best success, but there are yes. some things that we can do in our life. 
right? So let's just talk about like diet stuff like that. Foods that really help your body digest estrogen because what the pill does is it really leads to estrogen dominance, especially if you have any of the combo pill with estrogen in it. Right. Um, so the broccoli family, so eating a ton of like broccoli sprouts, broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, what those do is they help your body detoxify the estrogens and allow you to poop them out. Right. That's how we eliminate our estrogens. So we just talked about pooping, eating enough fiber, you know, fiber binds all that excess circulating estrogens and it allows it to leave your body. The birth control, it leads to estrogen dominance. And so, um, while you're getting off of this, we really have to control the, the whole life, what your exposures are in every facet, right. And plastics, plastics are xenoestrogens. They lead to higher estrogen levels. So the more you can get rid of plastics in your life, the more balanced hormones you're going to have and be able to start cycling normally. Wow. I would have never linked plastic to anything, but is that what, what the BPA free signs mean? (laughs) (laughs) Those are still plastics. And unfortunately they, they went BPA free and now they have BPH, I believe, which is they're finding that is more toxic than BPA. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Use glass people use glass. (laughs) I mean, I do, you'll see, this is a plastic water bottle, but you can kind of mitigate some of your risk by nothing hot ever goes in here. Nothing because hot breaks down plastic. This never goes in the dishwasher. I only wash it with cold water. Um, you know, those things, would I be better off with a, with a glass water bottle? Yes, but I can throw this in my bag and it doesn't break. Okay. So side note, I'm assuming with what you just said about plastic that owning a case of water and leaving it in your car with water bottles, probably the worst thing you could possibly do. So bad. Don't do that. I see so many people and it just makes my skin crawl. Don't do that. You're literally boiling plastic and drinking it. (laughs) You're you're drinking xenoestrogens. Like, oh, well, that's messing up your hormones so much. Don't do that. Oh my gosh. Well, that's good to know. If you're going to take one thing away from here, it's don't drink that water that's been left in your car when, after a hot day. Just don't do it. I mean, it tastes different. Right? You know, it does. You can get plastic in it. Don't drink it. Yeah. Just don't. So what are some effective forms of birth control that don't require taking any medication? Yeah. So we'll talk about like the effect of, I have some notes cause I wanted to give you, um, percentages so that we're, we're on point. Perfect. Um, so interesting. There is the family, you know, the family planning or the, the people call it like, um, the rhythm method, stuff like that, where you check for ovulation. Sometimes you do temperature cervical mucus actually. So supposedly it's supposed to be 90 percent effective, but in actuality, most people it's 80% effective, which 80% is not bad. And so what you do is you check all these things and then, um, you abstain from sex about eight out eight days out of the month. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) um, so that one's, that one's an option. Um, you know, another non-hormonal one are condoms. Mm -hmm. Um, they're about surprisingly, not that much more effective than that family planning method at only 85%. Really? Yeah. Because you got to think there's always error. So if used properly, a hundred percent, they're 99% effective, but in actuality, it's about 85. 
Wow. That's insane. That's seriously and actually incredible to me that that's almost as effective. So would, so is birth control probably the most effective thing you can do to prevent an unwanted pregnancy? Well, so another form that is non-hormonal um, that is just as effective as, because the pill is um, only 91% effective. So again, with the condom 85, you're really not... It's not that much different, Um, but the most effective would be a copper IUD. It is 99% effective and there's no, um, there's no hormones. It's just copper. Oh, and the copper prevents pregnancy. It irritates the uterine lining so that um, nothing can attach to it. Oh, and yeah, it changes the pH. Oh, really? That's, that's such a good nugget right there that that I feel like. I've gotten all the informed consent that I need in the world right now to actually make a good decision about birth control besides my gut being like, I'm just not really sure about it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. This is amazing. Thank you so much for coming on here and having this conversation. Uh, I feel like just in the, the short 30 minutes of this podcast, you have changed lives and brought so much information and education and awareness around birth control, which is something that every adolescent girl gets presented with at some point in their life. And I feel like you said earlier, there's not a lot of informed consent with it. It's just kind of like the normal thing. You see it so much, it's it's becomes normal and you're like, okay, well, everybody I know is on it. So it must not be that bad. But after seeing all those DMs and talking to you, I'm like, wow, there's people can have some serious side effects, not to say that you can't have a successful birth control journey, but definitely with the information and the statistics that you've given, I think it really puts into perspective a different side of birth control that we don't necessarily see a lot. No. Mm-mm. Gosh, well, I would love to have you back one day and talk about CBD because I know that that's your jam these days. You did a whole webinar on it, and unfortunately, I, I missed did. it. But to give you guys a little backstory, um, Doctor Content, I was I was just joking with her, and I was telling her about my dad and how he smokes THC, and he's better. He's able to talk better because he has aphasia after his stroke, and she already rattled off some benefits of CBD. So I think we have, we have another podcast in the future to, <laughs> to talk about because I can tell by the light in your eyes that you're like, CBD is the way of the future. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I don't think it's going to heal everything, but I think it can help a lot of things. Well, we'll, ha- we'll save that for a different day, but I just want to thank you so much for getting on this podcast and having this conversation. I don't know what the like laws are for you as a medical practitioner to get on, on a podcast podcast and talk about your opinion based off the research of birth control is. So I'm sure it's not for the faint of heart to, to do that, especially if everybody in the world is pushing it, but um, I just appreciate you. And I thank you so much for your knowledge and just giving our listeners just these gold nuggets of something they can actually think about. Well, thank you for having me. Of course. And where can people find you? You have a new transition in your life right now, which I'm so excited about for you. I do. I just started um, a new clinic in Lake Stevens. Um, It's called Lake Stevens Natural Medicine. Our website is lsnaturalmedicine.com. But yeah, that's where you can find me. Perfect. And if you are having some 
problems after you get off birth control or you want to get off birth control, I think oh, yeah. Dr. Content would be the perfect person. If you are in the Washington, Snohomish County area to come talk to about your health. And obviously she is amazing and I see her myself and she makes these amazing customized plans for like what fits into your lifestyle. It's never like you have to do this and then just move on. She's like, she's a partner with you. So I really appreciate that about you as well. I appreciate that. Thank you. Of course. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast and I'm looking forward to our next talk about CBD. (laughs) Sounds good. Thank you so much for hanging in there for this episode of Lexi's Lounge. Don't forget to connect, subscribe, and leave some love in the reviews. And of course, if you do need some support by a medical doctor for your birth control journey, reach out to Dr. Content. She's amazing. Don't miss my next episode where I talk about how to have a conversation with somebody that you disagree with. We'll see you then.